Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I am back. Thank you so much for all the words of encouragement that you sent my way, just confirming that it was okay to take a short break from some things like making sure a podcast gets out every week. I was looking, and I've been doing this since 2019, So, and I've only missed one week up until this little break that I had. So thank you, everyone, for just blessing me and allowing me that just short time away. Honestly, my plan was to use that time to prepare for future podcasts and other things in the future for GPS Hope, but I just didn't. I found myself pretty much focusing on my family and just staying busy in other ways and also doing my best to do some relaxing, which didn't always happen, but it was a good few weeks that I had. I do feel refreshed, though, and I am excited to dig back into things with GPS Hope as God continues to direct us. As I was praying about what to do for this first episode coming back after my little break there, it just seemed appropriate to talk about hope. Hopelessness can leave us feeling weary and defeated, leaving us caught in a negative circle and not being able to see any way out. Now, Proverbs 13, 12 is a scripture that's probably familiar to you. I grew up with the King James Version, which says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Now, here's the first half of that verse in some other translations. The message translation says, Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. Boy, that's true, isn't it? How about in the Good News translation, When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. Or another version says, hope which is delayed torments the soul. We can get to a place where we have absolutely no hope in this situation that we have found ourselves in. We can truly feel tormented because we we just can't see any light in our place of darkness. Or if we can, it's kind of like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's probably a train kind of a thing. But we're not joking when, you know, when we hear something like that, most people laugh, but it really feels that way to us. Obviously, when we find ourselves in a dark situation and we cannot see our way out, we need hope. When you bury your child or some of you have your child's ashes in an urn, you can't find your way out of that dark pit with a false hope or a wishful thinking kind of hope. You have to have the real thing. Now, I read somewhere that waiting, trusting, and hoping are like three strands of a rope. Trust is in the middle strand, and hope and waiting are the two strands that wrap around it. And I feel like that this is a really good description of how I have gotten to the place that I have with the grace of God in just continuing to trust Him that He's going to bring me out of this suffocating, dark, dark place. A lot of you are familiar with 1 Thessalonians 4.13. You may have even had this kind of thrown your way by people who mean well. 
but I do want to share it with you from the heart of someone who's been where you are. And it says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Now, when I'm talking about hope, I'm not talking about the wishful thinking kind of hope. You know, I hope the snow melts fast kind of a thing. I am talking about something we know that is coming that we anticipate. Now, I think a great example of this is a little girl who hopes that she's going to get married someday. That is the wishful thinking kind of hope. But one day, a man comes into her life, they fall deeply in love, and he gets down on one knee with a question and a ring. And her getting married is no longer wishful thinking. It's something she actually starts planning for with anticipation expecting it to come. I am getting married. I'm not just wishing and hoping. I'm getting married. I'm making plans now. I know it's going to happen. And that's the kind of hope God talks about and gives us in the Bible and through his personal presence. Wishful thinking is not what's going to get you out of your black hole of grief, but true hope will. The anticipation of knowing that God will pull you out and trusting him to put you back on a path of life that leads you to fullness and satisfaction in walking out the destiny and purpose he still has for you. Now, I know that seems impossible for some of you because we feel like our destiny and our purpose and walking out the rest of our life included our children, right? We all thought that. We had no idea this was coming for us, at least for most of us. Some of you may have had a child that was born with something where you knew their lifespan would be shortened, but still, that, that wasn't your plan to have a child like that, right? No matter how much you love, love, love that child and miss them now, it was not in any of our plans to have a child or maybe children leave this earth before we did. The second part of Proverbs 13, 12 that I shared at the beginning, it says, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Several translations say, but a fulfilled longing is a tree of life. And at least one version adds, there is life and joy. Now, I know that second half of that verse it feels like it just doesn't belong, right? When the desire comes, it's a tree of life. My desire was to have my children with me all the days of my life. My fulfilled longing is to have my children with me and be part of their lives and they be part of my lives and grandchildren and, you know, on and on it goes. But I want to help us think about the fact that we know as hurtful as it is, and I say this with, with as much love as I possibly can, that's just not going to happen now, at least with the child who's not here. And so I think it's important that we do our best and ask God to help us to turn a corner on different desires and different longings. And I think the fulfilled longing that we need is hope to have a life of meaning and purpose again. Now, my book, Reflections of Hope, I do my best. I, I don't always. I'm like most of you, but I do my best to pick that book up every day, every morning, 
and read that day's entry so that I know what you're reading and I can pray over you in what you will be reading and in how it will affect you and help you, give you some sort of a tool or help or encouragement for that day. And I want to, in putting this together, it made me think about January 19th's reading. And I want to turn to that and share it with you. Now, I had had a while back, I was laying in bed and thinking about and praying for the parents who are connected to us in GPS Hope, and a picture came to my mind, and it's like a scene you would see in, in on a movie or on, on a TV show, and there's somebody hanging on a cliff. They're, they're about ready to fall off. They're going to lose their grip. And someone is reaching down to them and they're saying, let go and grab my hand. And they're saying, I can't. I mean, it's too terrifying, right? And the person on top is saying, you have to, you have to grab my hand. And so, you know, after a final glance downward at, at where they're going to fall, they, they just release their grip and simultaneously they grab the hand reaching down to them. And that was just a picture that I had all of a sudden in my mind. And I realized at that time, a mom who had been emailing me had just done this very thing in her grief journey. I'd gotten an email from her, and after six years, she had had a light bulb moment. She had been hanging on to the sadness of her grief, thinking that it was that sadness that was keeping her attached to her daughter. And she'd heard me say that that's not what keeps us attached to our child. It's not the sadness and remembering them in all of that darkness and grief. But she finally saw that she had to release that sadness to be able to move forward with the life God was still giving her to live. And once she chose to, to let go of that, a door that looked like it had been closing in her life was suddenly swung open giving some very needful direction she had been praying about. And we were both amazed to see something happen that only God could have done. Now, I can say it over and over again, but the following has to become your own revelation. You are not betraying your child by moving forward with your life. You are not betraying your child by not hanging on to the grief and the sadness that constant heaviness of missing them. It is not the pain of losing our child from this earth that keeps us connected to him or her. It is our love for our child that keeps us connected. It's the way we live our lives to honor them and to keep their memory alive. It's knowing we still have a future with our child. There is hope. We're going to be with our child again. This is not permanent. You can and you should learn how to live a life of meaning and purpose again without being cloaked in that sadness and heaviness. Now, I know some of you are not at the point where this seems even remotely possible, and I understand that. Those first two or three years, there is just so much darkness. We can't find our way out. We want to find our way out. I remember exactly where I was when I was crying and just telling God, I just wanted to stop hurting so bad. And that's something we all have to work through. We all have to fight our way through that darkness. And it can take a long time, I'm sorry to say. And I I know 
just like someone gripping a ledge while dangling high in the air, we only have so much strength and endurance to hold on to that pain. And it's a very scary thought to let go of it. And that's okay. If that's where you are, that's okay. But I want to encourage you with hope that it is possible. And I know at some point, I pray it sooner rather than later, the same revelation will hit you as it did this mom, that you'll be able to let go of the ledge of sadness and grab a hold of the one who can pull you up out of that pit and give you that fulfilled life of meaning and purpose again as you finish out your own time here on earth. I want you to picture it. Picture yourself as the one who's afraid to let go of the ledge because you are not sure that the hand on the other side is going to catch you. And then let go while you grab that hand and feel the relief of being pulled up to safety and a place of comfort and peace and rest. Now let yourself see that as a comparison of releasing that sadness that you believe connects you to your child. Start thinking about letting go of it as you grab a hold of God's hand so that you can be pulled up to a better place within the darkness of grieving the death of your child, a place that will take you to having a fulfilled life of meaning and purpose again. It doesn't mean that the sadness goes away forever. It doesn't mean there's not uh, it's almost like I call it an undercurrent of sadness that can just bubble to the surface at any time. It doesn't mean that your life is going to be happy and joyful and you're going to forget you ever had your child. That is not going to happen. It's impossible. And that's not what I'm talking about. But you can get to a place where it is your love for your child that keeps you connected to him or her. And it's not the pain that constant heaviness and darkness that keeps you connected. Psalm 139 verse 10 says, Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Now the mom I referred to in this reading is, and I did add some to this reading, I was kind of talking as I went along, so if you do get the book, the readings aren't quite that long. But the, the friend that I was referring to is my dear friend Sarah Nelson, who lost her only child, her daughter Jeanette, from a totally unexpected heart attack. Now, I specifically put this reading on January 19th because January 19th is her daughter Jeanette's birthday. Now, I want to let you know, I, Sarah put this out openly on Facebook, what Sarah did on January 19th this year. She went out and she got a tattoo of an anchor on her arm to remind herself of the hope she truly, really has now. And you might be familiar with Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. There are some translations that say our hope is sure and unshakable even. There's one version that says, this hope is like a firm and steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place. That's the rest of the verse, how it talks about hope takes us behind the veil into the holy of holies, into the very presence of God. 
It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, one version says. And I love that because we are the inner sanctuary now. We are the temple. God dwells in us. He's not behind a veil. He's not in like this one place, the Holy of Holies in the temple or the tabernacle. He is in us. It's like we're the curtain. We're the dwelling place. We are the inner sanctuary behind the curtain now where God dwells. And so he really is the anchor of hope in our inner sanctuary. And it's amazing to me how we can have peace and pain at the same time. And I believe because the pain is in our souls, but we can tap into the fruit of the Spirit, the inner sanctuary where God lives in us, deep in us, and our spirit can have peace and rest even while our soul is in pain from the death of our child. I know I can say for Sarah that I know she hopes that you don't take six years to be able to let go of that sadness as your connecting point with your child. I I know someone who took 10 years, and I mean, they just, they didn't live life for 10 years while they kept that sadness, that depression, that heaviness. And, you know, you can look back and say, wow, I wasted that time. But if that's how long it takes for you, that's how long it takes. We're all on our own personal journey. But I do hope and pray that it doesn't take you years and years, that this today even is a lifeline of hope that God will use to bring you closer to that place much quicker. And I'm going to add that Sarah has also written a book that I was honored to write the foreword to. It's called Footsteps of Hope, and they're mile markers in your grief journey as a parent who's lost a child. And I think it's a really good book. Otherwise, I wouldn't have written a foreword to it. So I'm going to put a link to that book in the show notes if you would like to check it out. Death and life. The two can truly merge together as we get past our own death caused by the loss of our child. In God's kingdom, life always comes from death. God is a resurrection God. He brings life from death. And like I said, I'm talking about our own death. We feel we died when our child left this earth. So I just want you to allow God to plant his seed of hope, of expectation that life can be good again, that there is light beyond the darkness, and let him just plant that seed of hope right in the middle of your pain and begin to nourish it and watch it grow into life again. Facing your pain and your grief and your loss is so hard to do. I know it is. It's never easy to face those things that make us feel so alone and broken. But every time we do, we grow a bit stronger and we take one more step in that direction of healing, of getting to a place where we can function again, and then getting to a place where we can begin to live again. No matter how broken you are today, tomorrow and even this moment right now promises new hope. 
I did read from my book, Reflections of Hope, and if you don't have that book yet or you haven't heard about it, it is a daily reading for bereaved parents. It took me two years to put it together. It's a good-sized book, but it's because it's a tool. You don't have to have it on January 1st to get it started. It's not one of those devotional-type books. It's just you pick it up and you read the day that you're on. If you need a little extra something, don't worry about catching up. If you missed a few days, if you missed a couple weeks, you just pick it up and read it for the day that you're on, believing God has something for you in that day's reading. Now, I'm excited because I was led to write a very specific entry for February 29th, which is Leap Day. And I just realized a couple days ago that this is Leap Year. So you get to read the entry for Leap Day on Leap Day. So yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. I will put a link in the show notes to a page on our website that shares more details about the book. You can get it on Amazon. Anywhere you get books are sold, you can order it anywhere. It's, it's out there. But if you want to know more about that, I'll put a link to our website so you can check out the book a little bit more. I will also put a link in the show notes for those of you who have the book but you've not put a review on Amazon yet. That's where people go to check out books, right? They may order it somewhere else, but a lot of people will check it out on Amazon because of the reviews, because they want to know what people have to say about it. They want to know how many five stars does it have? You know, what are people saying about it? Is it really not worth it? Is it worth it? The link that I'm going to put is called a clean link. So even if you did not purchase the book on Amazon, you know how it always says like verified purchaser, if you did not purchase your book on Amazon, maybe you got it from us directly or somewhere else when Amazon had all those problems at the beginning, but you are an Amazon customer, you can still write a review that it will let go through. So as you know, like I said, reviews are so important to let other perievers know that the investment of this robust hardback book is worth it. So I, just please take a couple of minutes of your time, click on the link on the show notes and let others know if you think the book is worth having and, and how it's helped you. One last thing here. Dave and I are excited that people are signing up for our Weekend of Hope that we're having here in Wisconsin the first weekend in August, which is August 2nd and 3rd. Now, we know you are literally coming from around the nation to join us. California, New York, Texas, Florida, Illinois. That's why we're getting so excited because we're going to have so many of us together up here. If you haven't heard about what I'm talking about yet, GPS Hope is now in its 10th year, and we wanted to celebrate by hosting as many Periver friends as possible right here at our own stomping grounds of Wisconsin. Now, the actual event of the sessions and the ministry will be Friday and Saturday, but that week before, Monday through Thursday, I have fun things planned each evening as a group for those who want to come early and make it more of a vacation time. You can find out what those things are along with all the details by going to gpshope.org slash weekendofhope. And I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. You can just click on and it will take you right there where all the information is. Let's go ahead and get to our birthday segment. Now, on the last episode when I shared I would be taking a few weeks off, I said I would read all the birthdays sent to us during that time on the episode when I returned. And in case you're wondering, including this week's birthday, there are 14 of them. 
And I want to thank you in advance for listening through them all and remembering these children with your fellow perivers, even though the list is a little bit longer than normal. So let's get started. Madison Clark was born on January 2nd and is forever 20. Jaden Dice was born on January 6th and is forever 20. Brandon Rodriguez was born on January 6th and is forever 27. Ryan Hines was born on January 7th and is forever 27. Julia Wamsley was born on January 9th and is forever 27. Noah J. Barella budded on earth to bloom in heaven on January 22nd. Joshua Caldwell was born on January 16th and is forever 28. Tate Kwiatkowski was born on January 16th and is forever 69 days. Jonathan Jackson was born on January 17th and is forever 15. Hugh Brown was born on January 19th and is forever 18. Jeanette Marie was born on January 19th and is forever 36. Tommy Wills was born on January 19th and is forever 23. Richie Rudkin was born on January 27th and is forever 27. Zachary Kidd was born on January 27th and is forever 26. We celebrate the day these children came into the world. We know it will always be a special day and always be worth celebrating for these families. If you would like to have your child announce the week of his or her birthday, you can go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out the information there and submit the form, and I will announce your child's birthday the week of his or her birthday. And Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen to the podcast that week so you can hear your child's name read and their birthday announced Also, make sure if your child's first or last name is sometimes mispronounced, there is a place to put in the pronunciation because I want to make sure I say your child's birthday correctly. Waiting, trusting, and hoping. Remember the three strands of that rope? We can actually make a decision for each of these. We can choose to wait and allow God to do the work behind the scenes, or we can make a choice to be impatient and try to help God out by doing things our own way, or maybe even just making a choice that it's never going to happen because it's not happening as fast or we don't feel it happening. Now, I don't recommend this because it usually makes a mess of things, such as in the Bible when Sarah tried doing things her own way and making sure Abraham had a son by giving him her handmaiden to sleep with, all right? So we can make a choice on how we're going to wait and allow God to do the work that we can't see or feel that he's doing. We can make a choice to trust God, even when we can't see the outcome, even when we can't see his hand at work. It's better than choosing fear, choosing trust, 
choosing faith when we can't see the outcome. And we can choose not to give up. That is hope. And you can always lean on or borrow someone else's hope for you until your own hope returns, like my hope or Sarah's hope. These three woven together, waiting, trusting, and hoping, shine a light to get you back on the path of living again, not just surviving, but eventually thriving. And remember, no matter how broken or hopeless you feel right now, tomorrow always promises new hope. Today promises new hope. This minute, right now, promises new hope. So keep moving into the next tomorrow, the new tomorrow. One day, one minute, one breath at a time, if that's where you are, until your tree of life is blooming once again. So hold on. Pain eases. There really, truly is hope.